Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing cashing in on the home equity explosion. Yeah, actually, anybody who owns a home and who has the app Redfin or Zillow on their phone knows that they've seen uh, some dramatic increases on <laughs> on their home value. We've seen it for a while now, but the question we're asking today is, what should you be doing about that? I'm looking forward to this episode. We're going to tell you what to do. But, uh, <laughs> but, but Joel, you've got you've got like some looks like you got some junk mail. You're so here. bossy, you're always telling people what to do. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> no, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> Dang it! And you better like it. Uh, well, yeah, we, we'll tell you what we think you should do with your home equity uh, after you know yeah. just a little bit. But you're, before we get to that, talk about using reusing your uh, return envelope mailers or something right here. <laughs> no, I've already done that. We've okay. already mentioned that on the show. I, I thought so. do occasionally do that. But no, I, I want to talk about something I did get in the mail. And this was from a loan servicer. They wanted to notify me. I guess maybe I had either applied for a, a, a mortgage with this company in the past and they reached out via snail mail to tell me that there's been some sort of breach. Some of my information has been compromised by an unauthorized person. And Uh-oh. what information you might ask? Well, uh, my name, my address, my loan number, and social security number were in these files. Oh, so that's the one that matters. Yeah, social the social, number. that's the one you really, yeah. Fortunately, it didn't say anything about mother's maiden name, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know, that could have been in there too. So uh, to me, like the, the interesting thing was they offered me free credit monitoring. And uh, <laughs> you, know, you and I, we've talked on the show about kind of how we feel about credit monitoring. It's 
it's kind of overrated. It's, it's kind of lame. Oh, I was going to let everybody know that it was your favorite thing. Ever. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, no, craft beer is my favorite thing ever. But uh, th- yeah, so credit monitoring, I'm not going to take them up on this offering. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to sign up for this, it's like, even though it's free. So wait, you're offering me, offering me uh, monitoring, but you're the one who actually uh, compromised my information in the first place. It's like your dog coming to you and being like, hey, you need to guard that slice of pizza because the last one got eaten by me. I'll make sure it doesn't happen again. <laughs> right, right. Well, and the, the, the problem, though, with credit monitoring, the thing we've talked about forever, this is classic. In every breach scenario now, which I think we have all experienced breach fatigue, we kind of believe and truthfully believe that all of our information is kind of already out there. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Equifax, uh, back in 2017 for that. But We're not going to let that one go. Never. <laughs> we will never <laughs> let that one go. And and so, you know, this this just doesn't matter. This credit monitoring is kind of sort of worthless. The problem isn't the, this free offer. Uh, the problem is that people often pay for credit monitoring when it is an inferior yeah. product. And so just want to remind people, I saw this in the mail and I kind of chuckled a little bit. Haha, not signing up for that because credit freeze are the best and credit freezes are free. Yeah, you guys are barking up the wrong tree. That's that's sort of like if uh, if I got a coupon in the mail for like Whole Foods. It's like, <laughs> you guys know I don't go to Whole Foods. Yeah. You, you know that I love Aldi. <laughs> in the circular file. Yeah, and, and I actually have a, a great article on credit freezes, how you do it for free, how That's how easy right. it is. By the way, federal law mandates that you get access, have access to freezing your credit for free, but there are a lot of pitfalls along the way, ways that you could get taken advantage of by the credit bureaus, of course. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put a link to that article in the show notes for today's episode. Done. But Matt, let's mention the beer that we're having on this episode. This one is called... Let's do it. Above the Threshold of Hell by... <laughs> Burial Brewing, they're so melodramatic with for, their beer names. For anybody who has heard us mention the, the name of other burial beers on the show, all of the names are something like this. They're ridiculous. Uh, but I am looking forward to enjoying this one. And we will share our thoughts on the specific Asheville, North Carolina brewery at the end of the show. Yes, we will. But let's get on to the subject at hand. Cashing in on the home equity explosion. And Matt, I know this might be hard for you to believe. Well, it's not hard for you to believe. You're my best friend. You know, You know everything. But for everyone else out there, I was not popular in school. Like, <laughs> they're shocked right now. Their minds are blown. Uh, I was I was not the popular kid. And randomly, actually, in sixth grade, uh, for just about a week and a half, I was randomly popular at the beginning of sixth grade. Wait, why? It was it was kind for of a week like, and a half. I don't know why, but it's before they had you figured out. They're like, <laughs> I think they were like, maybe that guy's cool. We'll include it? him. Oh, it's wait like, a oh, second, we were wrong. He's pretty tall. Maybe he's just amazing on the basketball court. Like, was that it? Had you like shot <laughs> up like a foot? Maybe that's that, it. That summer, maybe, maybe like, they assumed I had. Can, can this guy dunk? Athletic talent, but <laughs> alas, I did not. And then they watch you play. They're like, ooh, maybe not. <laughs> but in the end, he, he doesn't even have the Scotties. It was it was this mirage, right? It lasted for a short period of time, and then they figured me out and they were like no wait he's nerd material <laughs> no longer in the cool club and so it just it didn't last long and uh just like middle school joel you know, something similar has actually kind of happened to millions of americans when it comes to their home equity they bought a house they thinking the foundation the walls and the acreage that they purchased for shelter that uh and, and then for community too well now that starts to look more like a piggy bank thanks to the rapid growth in home prices. I don't know if that's a really good correlation. I think I just wanted to tell everyone I was, I'm was i a loser. But uh, <laughs> Except that in this case, uh, we don't think that well, we're going to see values come back down. We'll actually talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. That's right, yeah. But the, the average homeowner actually saw their home's value jump $55,000 last year alone, like in one single year. And uh, so, yeah, what should you do with this information? What should you do with this newfound riches, with more money, with your home being worth so much more? We're going to get to the bottom of that in this episode. Yes, we will. Yeah, home equity, it, it normally moves at more of a, a glacial pace. But you don't really need us here to, to point out that it's become more cheetah-like over the past couple of years. Uh, there is over $25 trillion dollars in equity hanging out doing not much of anything except for making recent home buyers feel like they are real estate moguls. Yeah, like I'm of course brilliant uh, because I bought at the exact <laughs> I, right time. I'm a genius. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm doing. Uh, but there's a problem here. As you've seen your equity balloon, you might be tempted to do something with those newly found funds. You might starting to to get the itch to to finally maybe buy that boat or to go on a lavish vacation or something. Or maybe you're just more of a money nerd, right? And you just hate to see that equity sitting there underutilized. Either way, though, you might be facing a money decision with uh, a number of zeros after it, and we want to help you to think about it well. We want you to make the right decision. That's right. And essentially, everyone who purchased a home 
in the last 10 to 12 years. Yeah. Has done really well yeah, for yeah. themselves, it's, right? It's not just the last two years. It's like the last decade. Right. But in particular, the last you know 12 to 15 months have been outsized. We've seen outsized gains. But really, if you've yep. owned a home for the last decade, you're doing great. And, and then anyone who hasn't bought a home then, Matt, on the flip side, but wanted to buy a home... They're just bummed. They're sitting on the sidelines yeah. and they're probably fuming. They're a little pissed that they've missed out on some of these gains, which I understand yeah. because they're on the outside looking in at an abundance of what we call tappable home equity, hmm. which you mentioned the overall amount of home equity, but the tappable amount is uh, just hit a record of $9.9 billion last year. And, and wh- a ton what, of money. what do we mean when we say tappable? Well, that means uh, the, the amount that you can snag while still keeping 20% equity in your home. And that means that the average homeowner has access to something like $185,000 in home equity, which is astounding. That's a lot of money that you have access to. So, um, and, and No wonder our homes, for most Americans, are their number one asset where they have most of their net worth uh, socked away. Yeah, and that's not what we want to see for folks. We want to see folks have more money in their retirement accounts than they have in home equity. But you're right. Most people that's why. are in a situation where they've got more money in home equity than they have in their 401ks and IRAs. And, and how much you, you have access to obviously depends on your specific situation, how long you've owned your home and, and what's been happening in your specific market. For instance, if you live in Denver or Miami, two of the hottest real estate markets of the past couple of years, uh, the average home equity increase you saw was in the neighborhood of $80,000 in just one year. Wow. If you live in LA or San Francisco, it's closer to $110,000. So um, yeah, where you live, uh, if you live in, let's say, Huntsville, Alabama, you've probably seen decent appreciation too, but, but nowhere in that ballpark. Yeah. And this this abundance of equity has led to, I think, some of our friends and neighbors talking about selling their homes as well, you know, like cashing out. Why not sell when the market is near the top, right? Well, the thing is, this strategy is going to create some problems. Namely, where are you going to live if you end up selling your house? Chances are that you've locked in a pretty low mortgage rate. And if you want to buy another property with a mortgage, you'll be doing so at today's rates, which have risen quite a bit. And that could be a tough pill to swallow. So it's, it's obviously okay to downsize to move to a new city or, you know, or if you have other good reasons to do so. Uh, but it is not necessarily a smart idea to move with the main purpose of grabbing some of that home equity. There are other, just so many more important factors to consider. For instance, what will uh, selling your house do to your relationship with your partner or to your family? You know, like what kind of opportunities are, are going to be available for your kids? Uh, what kind of lifestyle do you want to live? Or like if you uh, are someone who is more religious, there are factors of faith that you probably also want to consider as well. There are, I don't know, it's we, you do want to consider the numbers and see how things actually end up shaking out, but there are so many other important considerations that you want to keep in mind as well. Yeah, the numbers are one thing, but then, yeah, loving where you live and being attached to a place. There was a great article in The Atlantic recently about that, how home ownership can provide a deep attachment to a place that's hard to come by in other ways. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I feel because we've been in the same neighborhood for 13 years now Mm -hmm. and we feel deeply rooted here and that means something. Yeah. Well, and, and similarly, you might decide to sell and then rent in order to snag those dollars for other purposes. So let's say you're like, listen, I want to cash out, take advantage of this home equity by selling my house. And I'm just going to go down the street. I'm going to stay in the same neighborhood, but I'm going to rent something instead. Wait for the market to maybe correct yeah. and then maybe swoop in and grab a deal. That's definitely in the mind uh, what some folks have in mind. Some folks, yeah. And, and that sounds reasonable. But we, we all know that rents have soared in the past year across the country too. If you have a fixed rate mortgage, that's not going to budge, except for those annual changes to your property tax rate and homeowners insurance rate hikes. But your rent is, of course, far less predictable. And again, if this is a lifestyle decision, then it can be a reasonable choice. If you're just tired of the maintenance and you'd prefer uh, to live in a home that requires less effort or you're downsizing because the kids are getting older and they're going off to college, I get it. But doing it in order to take equity dollars off the table, uh, (laughs) thinking that you're going to save money in the long haul by becoming a renter instead of an owner, that doesn't necessarily make the most sense. Um, So much of it depends on your particular market as well and how much cheaper maybe it is to rent than to own or vice versa. But those are the kind of things you're going to want to take into consideration before you just say, I'm going to get all my home equity back and I'm Mm -hmm. going to start becoming a renter because that's going to be the better financial decision. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's also important to mention that the housing market overall, that it's in uh, a pretty healthy place at the moment. Like we think that it's a good thing that rising rates are mellowing out the the different bidding wars that we've heard of uh, this past spring, creating a, a less frothy environment. But that doesn't mean 
mean that there is going to be a meaningful downward home price correction in store for us. Uh, we still just don't have enough supply of homes for all of the folks who want to buy one. And that problem, it is not going to get fixed overnight. There's just no way of knowing what will happen in the future. And while the housing market, it might continue to cool a little bit uh, compared to what we've seen over the past year, a massive supply increase combined with a, a massive decrease in demand leading to significant decline in prices, this isn't something that we expect to happen. I feel like, just generally speaking, dude, this is one of the most common conversations I have with my neighbors. Uh-huh. It is like... It's <laughs> like, when this bubble going to burst? Yeah, man? exactly. It's like, is this actually going to happen? I'm like, well, no, I don't think it is. And, and then I start talking through just the demographics of our country, right? Like the m- millennials are coming into home buying age or they're looking to upgrade their homes, right? And so you have this entire generation looking to buy homes. By the way, a generation that's larger than Gen X. It's a generation that's larger than the baby boomers. Uh, and they all want homes. <laughs> and so that demand is there. They've got high paying jobs. Uh, and then you can look at the uh, the different stats that the, the Fed provides, and they're showing that just the quality, the, the credit quality of new mortgage borrowers, it's sky high. This this is nothing like the Great Recession uh, back in, you know, 06, 07, 08, when you, you look at the credit scores from back then, and they were in the dumps yeah. compared to what we're seeing today. And combined with just the overall shortage of homes we have in the country and a larger supply of people who want to buy them. And and this is something that doesn't get corrected overnight because homes no. take time to build, Yes, <laughs> especially in an era of supply shortages and increased lumber costs. This is not a, a, something that's going to get corrected overnight. And yeah. so this is not something that we see. You and I aren't fortune tellers, uh, no, no. although I don't even think those people are accurate <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> You've got a magic eight bob and no yeah. crystal ball. And there's certainly a chance that rates escalate so quickly that it does actually start to bring home prices down, uh, not just moderating them. But yeah, all of all the signs point to the fact that this is not some sort of bubble that we're in. We might continue to see sustained prices um, over the near-term future. So, what should your reaction be, though, if you're the recipient of some of this newfound wealth, uh, if you've got more home equity than you know what to do with? Well, we're going to talk about how to use it wisely in just a bit, but we got to get to the downsides, actually, of <laughs> this this extra money that, that you've got on hand. And uh, that might sound surprising, but no, there are some real downsides to having more it's home true. equity, and we'll get to uh, the reasons why that's the case right after this break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage we've all got to do it minimize the junk that we have in our house emily and i we just cleaned our closets out it took hours but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. 
That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, we're back from the break, and we're going to continue our conversation about home equity. Uh, so you're listening to us right now. You own a home. You purchased it in order to have a place to live, to raise a family. That's great. But now you're in this position where you've got that home equity that you didn't bank on having. Uh, well, I hate to break it to you, but there are actually some downsides to your home increasing in value. Uh, and you might be you might be saying to yourself, like, sure, Matt, I just made $50,000 just for owning this home last year. I see no downsides. Yeah, you're an idiot, <laughs> dude. Uh, and I promise, like, like we're not trying to take the wind out of your sails here. Uh, I actually might be an idiot, but we should still talk about the potential pitfalls of owning a more valuable home. That's right. Okay, so let's dig in and talk about some of the downsides now that come along with that home price inflation. And property taxes are at the top of the list because that's one of the main things you need to watch out for as your home is increased in value. Mm -hmm. And and from, from everything I've read, Matt, actually, it, it seems like most counties around the country, they haven't actually raised tax rates commensurate with your current home value. And so your home might have gone up 20% in value, but your taxes might have only gone up 6 or 7%, which is fortunate for, for you. They're they're lagging behind. Yeah. But trust us, uh, they're going to catch up quickly because the tax man cometh. Yeah. Brace he, yourselves. He or she always cometh. <laughs> and so, yeah, depending on where you live and how in tune your county has been to value changes, you might see a rapid increase in the amount of tax you're paying every single year uh, for uh, on your home. And and here's the thing. If you feel like your local municipality has given your home too high a value, maybe that, maybe they haven't been lagging and you're like, wait a second, that's more than it's actually worth. It makes sense to challenge that tax bill. The, the process, it's not the exact same everywhere, but there are ways to fight a bill if you believe that it's inaccurate. And, and sometimes winning that case can actually lock in a lower tax rate for future years too, which can save you a ton in taxes. I, I just recently did this on a couple uh, rental properties, Matt, and I could you could do it yourself. You can hire someone else to do it on your behalf. Um, but either way you, you swing it, typically there can be substantial tax savings if you feel like the assessor has, uh, has it wrong and they're overvaluing your home. But that is definitely one downside is that you might be paying $1,000 extra a year um, in taxes because your home just went up in value. That's right. And the thing is, this, I mean, not all taxes are bad, right? Like we're not the ones out here saying that you should not pay any of your taxes. They're necessary in order to make society function, specifically property tax. They're, they're used to fund schools, public schools in your city. And so we don't want you to think that we're completely against taxes, but that's definitely something to keep in mind. Joel, something else. We touched on this briefly earlier, but a legit downside of home equity that's just off the charts is that you might find this money burning a hole in your pocket. This is when you feel like that you have to do something with it. Uh, but of course you don't. 
luckily pulling that equity out of your house isn't as easy as like, you know, like just transferring funds around using an app on your phone, something like that. Uh, but there's also something called the wealth effect, which basically means that as your assets go up in value, you start to, to feel much wealthier. You feel like a baller who has way more cash on hand than you can actually spend. I always feel like a baller, Matt. <laughs> it's just, it's, a, it's that mentality, you <laughs> know, right. like if you believe it, it'll, it'll, it'll be true. I don't spend like one, but I always feel like one. But even though that money isn't super liquid, it's there in theory. And so you start spending, you know, your, your actual liquid ca- cash as though your home equity dollars were, were currently in your savings account. Uh, it's kind of like uh, counting your chickens before they've hatched. Um, and so we mentioned that because it's great that your home is now worth more, but don't start spending like a maniac because you just feel like your newfound home equity has made you like warm Buffett wealthy. It's like, oh man, I, I've got like hundreds of thousands of dollars more. Uh, now I can afford takeout. Every night of the week, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> whatever is whatever it is that you might mindlessly spend. Grubhub in perpetuity, <laughs> just because you feel like that you've got more wealth on hand. Yeah, no, that wealth effect is real. It's almost kind of like I, I, I liken it to just having made a Costco run, and you and I have talked about this before. What if you load up on stuff? Do you do you overeat or overconsume just because? Yes, you get that fresh bounty, and you know so I've, we've got so many groceries on yeah, hand. I found that to be true in my own life at times. Yeah. So I always think back to when I was a teenager, and I would always drive terribly after I filled up the car. I would swear that any time I filled up the Jeep, it just felt like it just went faster, which doesn't make <laughs> sense, right? Because when you've got 20 gallons of gasoline sloshing around in the tank, technically the car should be much heavier, but it's just because of that lead foot, dude. Like I knew mentally that that tank was just full of gas. I didn't need to conserve gas at all. But these days, man, we're all driving like a grandma. That's just right. like slowly or accelerating. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the wealth effect is real. It's worth mentioning. And sometimes, yeah, just, just feeling like you have access to more money makes you start spending in a way that you didn't before. And and let's talk about, too, um, you know, a sizable chunk of home equity, just another downside to having more of it. It might mean that your finances are now a little more unbalanced, right? You, you might now have an inordinate amount of your wealth tied up in one single asset, which is your home. And we talked about this just a little bit earlier, how that's not actually the best thing ever. Even though that is the reality for so many Americans, um, that's not something that we want to see happen right. for How to Money listeners. So even if your home is in a location that's likely to appreciate further and you're planning to own it for the long haul, it's still important to stay diversified. And and that means that we want to see you not just banking on your home as a wealth building asset, but investing in other other ways at the same time. Investing in the stock market through tax advantaged retirement accounts. I mean that's I mean that's the number one way we suggest doing that. Mm-hmm. There are obviously other ways too, but just note that your scales might be getting a little out of whack if you're heavy on the home equity, light on the IRA funds or Roth IRA funds, for instance. Exactly. And there, there's a difference too, we'll, we'll say, between investing in real estate for in specific properties that you have as rentals or as you know that where you're actually investing in it as opposed to a home that you are living in. Mm-hmm. Because the more uh, properties that you have from an investment standpoint, obviously that diversifies your portfolio overall. It's also important to mention the tax consequences of grabbing your home equity. Yeah, we already talked about property taxes, but there, there's another tax angle and we have to mention. Exactly, yeah. If, if you're doing a cash-out refinance, there are no real negative tax consequences that you need to consider. That cash is not considered income, and you're able to deduct the mortgage interest of that new loan if that's something that you want to do. Uh, but if you're pulling money out in the form of a HELOC, of a home equity line of credit, or in the form of a home equity loan... Whether or not that money is tax deductible depends on how it is that you use it. Uh, And so according to the IRS, if those funds are used to, quote unquote, buy, build or substantially improve the property that you're taking the equity out of, then you're able to deduct the interest paid on that loan or on that line of credit. Uh, Otherwise, no deduction is allowed. And so keep in mind that this is on the financing of that money uh, that you are considering taking out, not the entire amount itself, but the interest paid on that loan. Yeah. And those those rules changed back uh, during the Trump administration when the Tax Cuts and Job Act got passed. And so this is one of those things where you used to be able to pull that money out willy nilly, take a vacation, buy a boat, and you could still deduct that interest. But that's not the case anymore, only if it's used for those specific purposes. At least until 2026. Right. And we'll see if that gets extended or if that's something that gets reversed. Very much. Uh, that that will depend on who <laughs> who our president is, like who's in Congress. Uh, Do you want to make any calls? No, I don't think I'm going to make any <laughs> political predi- predictions. <laughs> no other predictions at this point. In our age of insanity. But uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about the smart uses of home equity. So we talked about the downsides. You've you've accrued more home equity in this, in this home. Your, your home is worth more than you thought it would be, even just two years after buying it. Well, 
how can you use it intelligently? Well, before we specifically start talking about how and why you might use those dollars for other purposes, I, I think we should, Matt, stress that you should probably think of your home equity dollars similar to the way you think about something like uh, taking on debt for college. Because yeah. using a little in an intentional way can be great. It's like adding a little bit of salt to a dish yeah. like while you're cooking. Well, a little bit of spice. Smart use of college debt can get you a degree that then allows you to massively increase your income and provide yeah. you... Uh, a joyful career that maybe you uh, get to pursue for decades. Yeah, it enhances the flavor. Yeah. <laughs> but, exactly. But too much of it, nah, nobody likes that. Except for my mom. My mom loves salt. <laughs> like you could put so much, like you could put a mountain of it and she would still eat it. She is, oh, Gigi just got called out. <laughs> she's a rare bird. But, uh, <laughs> but cashing it all out can lead to uh, future financial hardship. That's right. Especially if we, you know, do experience, let's say, a pullback in home prices, one that we're not predicting, but that is possible. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, pulling pulling money out of your home is something you want to do very cautiously. You only want to tap home equity if you can do it wisely. That's right. Yeah. And that means not taking out more than you need and also not using it for dumb stuff. <laughs> right. And so like, what do we mean by dumb stuff? Well, our homes, like we, we do not need to treat our homes like piggy banks. Uh, and if you use it as such, you're putting yourself in a potentially difficult situation. Let's say, uh, let's say rates continue to rise and that actually does make home prices contract a little bit. And you've borrowed against your home, maybe to buy some fun toys and you know to take cool vacations. You might be underwater if you have to sell that home, putting you in a financial bind. Of course, sure, like you've you've had some great experiences with that money, but using your home to fund trips and goofy purchases is just financially stupid. In short, we want you to use that money not to uh, consume. Uh, we want you to use that money to invest wisely, because basically, right now that equity is tied up in your home, right? And essentially, since you're not making payments on that equity, right? You have not borrowed it. Basically, it's saving you money. But once you take that money out and you start paying a premium for access to those funds, a premium being the interest that you're paying on that money, you need to make sure that you're going to see a return that's much higher than what it is that you're currently paying on that mortgage or on that home equity loan or on that HELOC. But even still, just because you're making a little bit more, that does not make that a slam dunk decision. But just generally speaking, I think that's a, a good way to think about ways that you use the money that you pull out of a home. Yeah. Meaningful guaranteed rates of return are hard to come by right now yeah. in this current interest rate environment, right? And so at the same time, while savings accounts are earning next to nothing, we know that it's getting actually more expensive to borrow borrow against our home. So, you know, our advice might have even changed a little bit from what people would have done four or five months ago when interest rates were closer to 3%. So yeah, now that we've talked about what would generally be a smart use of home equity funds, how to think about it. Next, we're going to discuss some of the specific ways that you can use that money that might actually make sense. There are a few specific purposes where home equity dollars make sense to actually pull out and start start using them. We'll, we'll talk about those specific instances and then the best ways to actually withdraw those funds because there are a few different methods of doing so. We'll talk about all that right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava. 
dot com slash how to money. That's spelled K A C H A V A and get ten percent off your first order. That's K A C H A V A dot com slash how to money. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, we're back from the break. And Joel, like you said, here in a second, we're going to talk about how you actually do it, how to cash out, how to get that money. This was like a one long setup. And you know what? The name of our show is How To Money. So we should probably get we, to We will tell you okay. how to do it. But first, I do think it is important to talk about some of the specific situations where when it makes the most sense. Uh, so let's cover a few uh, scenarios when it's smart to use your home equity. And the first one we want to mention is renovating your home, making an improvement on the home that you're pulling equity from. This is the classic use of home equity, putting that money from the increase in value directly back into the property. That's what we're talking about here. It, it is possible to overdo this, of course. Uh, historically, it's it's pretty difficult to increase the value of your property dollar for dollar as you make improvements, though we are living in some crazy times right now. Uh, but it is, regardless, it's going to be smart to pay attention to the kind of return you might see as you consider how to improve your house. You know, and doing some of those renovations purely for your own enjoyment is, is totally fine. We want you to live your life and enjoy, uh, set a specific lifestyle that you think is going to work for you. But again, borrowing too much can put you in a bind. Uh, this isn't a terrible reason to take out some of your home equity dollars, but just make sure that you do not go overboard. Yeah. You mentioned that this was the classic use of home equity, which when I think classic, I think Chuck Taylor All-Stars, because that's the classic shoe choice Classics, of baby. any millennial these days, I think. And uh, I still have a couple of pairs. <laughs> and really, I, I, it's, I've never actually preceded millennials too, I think. So yeah, Chuck yeah, Taylor's, yeah. they're just uh, around forever, dude. people of all ages can certainly enjoy them. Do they make uh, all, like wide All-Stars? Because I'll say I got a pair of Chucks uh, maybe a decade ago and I can never wear them because my feet are too fat. They're, uh. <laughs> <laughs> they're too wide. And whereas some tennis shoes, like they break in and they will widen with your foot, that never happened. And instead, my pinky toe was just rubbing up against that tough, hard, raw rubber on the inside of the shoe. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what to say to hey, that, but... You started us down this path. <laughs> I'll talk to the folks at Nike who now own uh, the Chuck Taylor brand, I, I believe. Do they really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And so we'll see what they can do. Um, I love Nikes. Make a wider <laughs> a wider Chuck Taylor for you. But yeah, This episode th- brought to you by Nike. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, that is a classic... You is is for home equity and it can be done well but it can also be done poorly but yeah. but just another another reason you might be w- willing to take home equity dollars out of your home is to just do some traditional investing and Matt, we did a whole episode on arbitrage i don't remember the number of that episode right off the top of my head but basically there are ways to use your money to make more money there are ways that you can find a deal and turn that into cash and so yeah, taking money from your home 
let's say it's at a super low interest rate, and then you know investing in the market for higher returns, well, that could allow you to build wealth at a faster clip. And here's the thing, though. This is our least favorite of the potentially decent ways to use your home equity because your monthly payments are going to increase while those investment dollars are basically locked away for your future. And so I guess the question is, can this increase your net worth over time? Well, yes, the answer would be yes. But, but it could also put you in a precarious situation if, let's say, your income drops and you've got this higher loan payment and uh, paying off that home equity loan or line of credit, it just becomes more difficult. And yes, maybe you, you, you've got a spread on the interest rate and you feel like you're going to make more money in I-bonds, let's say, which is guaranteed, or in the market over the decades, which is not guaranteed. Uh, you're, you're hoping at that point that you're going to make more money. It's a little bit more of a gamble to take this uh, this route. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is that it depends. This all counts and comes down to you actually doing that investing. Right. Right. And so that's where it falls apart, because basically, like at the core of arbitrage or at the core of business is arbitrage, right? Like you have found some sort of niche for you to have your business. You're taking uh, these different products, you're piecing them together and you're able to sell them at a profit at a premium. But you're doing that because you've actually launched a business. And the problem with us as individuals is I think we could take that first step, right? We take that money out thinking that we're going to actually see it through, but then we don't do that. Uh, And so, so much of this depends on what you actually end up doing with that money it ultimately comes down to the follow through. Yeah, it, it, it sounds nice when you're daydreaming about <laughs> about that arbitrage, right? Yeah, or I'm, just I'm on paper. take this money out at four and a half percent. Yeah, I'm going to get nine percent in the market. But if you withdraw the funds, and then you take a long time to stick any you, of it in. You sit on it. Maybe you, you get scared a little bit. Yeah. And maybe you do use some of that money since you withdrew. And you're like, ah, if I take a little bit, I'm still got this sweet arbitrage deal going on. And and uh, and then yeah, you you can't predict the future, and you can't know what your personal financial situation is going to look like, even just a few months down the road. There is risk involved. And so there, yeah, it is. Is a risky scenario. It is one that can and has worked for some folks, but it's like a proceed with caution sort of thing. Totally. Yeah. And so investing in the market, like that's one thing, but taking those dollars and then specifically using them to invest in real estate instead, that can actually be a bit less risky, especially if you have a lot of experience and you're very familiar with rents and the, the market that you're considering. If this is your first time, I think it's best to be a, a bit more cautious and save up those dollars from your paycheck instead. And the reason this form of investing isn't quite as risky is because rental real estate allows you to re- some of those financial rewards now in the form of monthly cash flow. You're growing your, your money for your future. You're growing that equity, but you're also receiving dividends along the way. And so sort of what I was saying as far as like that follow through, if you are committing to purchasing a home, I think it's much easier to actually see those dollars do something good because you have purchased a property, right? You're basically going all in. There's no, you're not like going to be on the fence about like, oh, maybe I'll invest a little bit of the money in the market and then I'll maybe I'll dollar cost average. Uh, I see it as a, it's, it's sort of like a, a form of accountability. Yeah essentially. And, you know, I'll confess too, I think one of the reasons we we mentioned real estate specifically, it's because it's something that's worked for us, right? We've got a lot of expertise. uh, We've got a lot of experience in our local real estate market. But at its core, uh, investing in real estate, it's a business, right? Like you are looking for an opportunity and for somebody else, their expertise, their experience may be, say, less in real estate and maybe it's more in creating some sort of business. And so I guess what I'm saying here is that I think it's okay to consider some funds from a home to fund another business that you are very proficient in. The thing is, though, man, with real estate, it's just a, such a proven way to invest your money. Uh, that's one, I, one of the other reasons why we like it. Like in my mind, it's like the difference between starting a restaurant from scratch and you have to figure everything out and who knows exactly what's going to happen as opposed to starting like joining a franchise or yeah. something, right? Like <laughs> yeah. where it's just like, okay, I want to be a Chick-fil-A owner or I'm going to start a uh, Taco Bell or something like that. There's a proven model. Which, like, by the way, Chick-fil-A, not the franchise model, in case you're wondering. Oh, that's right. You have to, <laughs> they choose you. Uh, so let's make it a Taco Bell and a Dairy Queen okay. or, or something else like that. But in those instances, in those examples, there's a proven model, right? Like they have very specific uh, items that are going to be on the menu. They have name recognition. They have all these things that are proven and it's easy to slot yourself into that formula as opposed to just build something from the ground up, which is what I feel like starting your own business is more like. Yeah. So I I, I agree. I think there's a complete difference in putting that money in the market in hope of future returns, which are likely to occur. Whereas buying a piece of rental real estate, you kind of have, there's more solid numbers behind your ability to do that. And and I got to say, it's actually harder to pull this off right now because it's harder to find good deals right now. So even though this might be a good use of home home equity, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should pull money out and be like, all right, we're all in the real estate bandwagon because (laughs) if you can't find a deal with that money, then it's not worth pulling it out. That's right. But 
I agree. I think there is just a little more of a known quantity when you're buying a rental property with those funds than when you're trying to invest in other ways. But so let's just quickly reiterate all these reasons uh, that can make sense for for snagging some of your home's equity. We talked about renovating your home, maybe investing or buying a rental property. But but even if you're taking out your home's equity for a quote unquote good reason, some of these ones that we mentioned, you still need to do it carefully because yep. leveraging your home to make improvements or investing to build more wealth it's it's a strategy that can increase your wealth generating abilities but it's crucial to use leverage judiciously. It is possible to overdo it. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it can come back to bite you in the butt if you use it flippantly and, and you haven't planned things out. You don't know what you're doing. It's possible for leverage to eat you alive. That's right, dude. All right. Now let's talk about how to tap your home equity. All right. We're there. Um, finally. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> if it does make sense for you to take some some out. Cash out refis. They, these were, these were uh, moves that were hot for a minute. Uh, but now that rates, they've, you know, they've taken off faster than a bottle rocket. Those are making less sense for a lot of folks today. Uh, if you're currently sitting pretty with a rate, you know, in the twos or in the threes, you likely don't want to refinance out of that into something that's closer to 5% just to pull some cash out of that home. That's like an itchy trigger finger when you're like, I want my home equity so bad, I'm willing to sacrifice my 2.75 rate uh, to go to a 5.25% rate. Don't do it. Or actually, potentially even higher right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't say any numbers. Yeah. yeah, seriously, in a few days, this is going to potentially be out of date. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you'd be shooting yourself in the foot you know, were you to do this. And so the best options are likely going to be that home equity line of credit, that HELOC, uh, or that home equity loan, like we mentioned earlier on, which you opt for is it's mostly influenced by uh, how quickly you'll be able to pay that loan back. That's right. Yeah. Because the HELOC, let's go into which one makes sense in what scenario. Well, yeah, cash out refis are rarely, rarely make sense for most folks right now who own a home in order to tap that home equity except for Matt, I, I was actually messaging with a buddy of mine who we go to the same church and he was talking about doing a cash out refinance. And I was like, whoa, 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 slow your roll. What's your current interest rate? And he said, 6% because my credit was trash when oh. I bought this home. And I was like, okay, okay. Y- you're one of the rare folks yeah. where a cash out refinance actually might make the most sense for you because you could potentially lower your rate while you're pulling money out. And so- like I, I bought 15 years ago and <laughs> <laughs> never refinanced. Well, that could be that could be the same too. Somebody else yeah. could be in that scenario. But exactly. for him specifically, it was his credit was wrecked and he's built it up, you know, uh, he's built it uh, back into being decent. What? And so he might be able to get a rate lower than 6%, which is incredible. What, what's crazy though, though, is that my natural reaction, my natural inclination is to hear 6% and just like cringe. Cringe. Yeah. yeah. Like I wince when I hear that. But what's nuts is that could very well be in our future yeah. very and, soon. And that's still, it's not been great over the past decade, but it's still historically a reasonable rate. It's right? a, yeah. Historically great. But you know, hopefully you listened to us last year when I don't know how many times we said, we said please, it so many times, please refinance if you have not already. I almost felt like I was, we were lying and uh, we were like, rates are going to go up. They're going to go up. Refinance we promise now. at some point. And then finally they climbed and we were like, oh, the Fed finally got to it. And proven true. It's, it's happening right now. Yeah. What? Okay. So the cash out refi not, doesn't make sense in most scenarios. The HELOC is great because you don't have to take all the cash at once. Whereas with the home equity, line uh, or with a cash out refinance, that money gets stuck into your bank account. You're paying interest uh, from the moment that you close on that loan. You're only going to pay interest, however, on the funds that you take out when it comes to a HELOC. So you might have a line worth of $100,000 worth of equity that you can take out. But until you actually pull the money from the line, you're not paying interest. And so that is what makes that such a great vehicle. It's great. Yeah. You, you don't even have to use the whole thing if you or don't want to. Fans of HELOCs. Yeah. You might have $100,000 and you only pull ten grand out for a specific purpose. Uh, but the rate is also going to adjust. And that can happen as frequently as every month. And so with... with Especially the way things are looking today when, yeah... <laughs> In a rising rate environment, that could potentially mean that your rate is up quite a bit uh, in just a year's time. And we're pretty sure we're only going to see rates uh, continue to increase uh, over the course of the year. Yes, agreed. And so it could get nasty pretty quick (laughs) having a HELOC on hand. But uh, with a home equity loan, you take out the entire amount in one fell swoop. So like I said, those interest charges, they do begin immediately, but the interest rate is locked in. So that's kind of a plus of that product. So much of which one you decide to go with depends on how quickly you feel like you're going to be able to to pay that loan back because the HELOC is going to have a lower starting rate. And so you might say, well, I'm going to pay this off in 18 months. I know I can do it. Well, then... Or if you know you'll need, like you mentioned, like if you only need to tap, say, $10,000 or a couple thousand or 5,000, there's no need in 
in taking out an, an entirely new home equity loan. So it also comes down to the amount that you are needing access to right now. That's right. And a home equity loan typically comes with some closing costs, whereas HELOCs, you can find them with zero closing costs from mm -hmm. a lot of lenders. And, and by the way, when we're talking about where to get one of these products, local credit unions are, are typically the best place to go. Yep. Best, best rates. They offer, offer the best products. And so I would shop with a few credit unions in my area, if I were y'all. Uh, if you're if you're looking to get one of these products and you are looking to tap some of your home equity, check out two or three credit unions. Oftentimes those rates are posted on their website, so you don't even have to necessarily go in and meet with somebody. You can kind of at a glance figure out you know what these products are and which one is going to suit you best. Yeah, cl click you that today's rates. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what about using home equity to pay off higher interest rate debt? Oh, that's a good question because a lot of people kind of think about doing that from time to time. They're like, I got a credit card debt. Can I consolidate exactly. it? Exactly. And, you know, we totally, we, we get it, right? Like, I get this urge. Uh, but that being said, there are a lot of ways that taking out home equity to pay off a credit card, let's say, can actually make things worse. Why is that? Well, you know, let's talk about secured versus unsecured debt for a second. Part of the reason that you get a better interest rate for borrowing against your home is because you're borrowing against a valuable asset, your home. Uh, uh, and this is called a secured debt. Credit cards are the opposite. You're not putting up any collateral. And so that's why credit cards are unsecured debt uh, and you have a higher interest rate associated with those quote unquote loans. And so the downside of say not paying your credit card bill for months on end is that your debt is gonna go to a collections agency and it's gonna wreck your credit. But let's say you borrow against your home and you fail to pay the credit union. The consequences here become much more dire, potentially even losing your home because you put your home up as collateral uh, for that loan. And so that's why we're trying to stress, again, Joel, you, you said the judicious use, and that's such a great way of saying it because that's how we want you to approach these types of loans. That's how we want you to approach home equity. We don't want you to go overboard. And that means while using home equity to pay off high interest rate debt, it can work, but there's enough risk involved that you might not want to try it. Yeah, exactly, because the the risks are just completely different. Losing your home versus wrecking your credit, those are two completely different outcomes. One feels much more dire than the other. Yeah. And I don't want to put like, my risk at home just to consolidate my credit card yeah. debt. Whereas some people might recommend that. Um, and for some people in certain financial circumstances, it can work out. It's just not a slam dunk. And it's not something that we want to tell people willy nilly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> talking to, to tens of thousands of people like, yeah, go go do it. No problem. It's just a scary proposition. Yeah, it depends. A lot of it depends on how you arrived with all of that credit card debt as yeah. well, right? If it was just, if it's behavior and that's just how you've always been and it's what you're going to continue to do, well, what's going to change if you continue to go down this path? Uh, it's likely that you'll continue in those same behaviors within those, you know, in those same actions. Uh, and so I see that being a situation where you wouldn't want to do it versus a situation where maybe, let's say you didn't have an emergency fund set up and maybe you never carried a balance on your credit card, but maybe you hit some rough patches over the past year. Uh, you put a lot of expenses, you charged a lot to your card, uh, but things are turned around. You're on the straight and narrow. You do now have some margin in your life. You have some money set aside in an emergency fund. I could see that being a situation where you might want to tap some of that home equity because that was sort of a blip. It was a one-time thing. You're never ever going to do that, do that again. And you just want to eliminate it. Like at that point, it becomes a numbers game. Yeah. Right. And I, you want to eliminate that high interest rate debt. I think you need to have a plan to do two things. Yeah. Change your behavior. Well, like you, you said, said, a plan. Yeah. Like, like yeah, that's, exactly. that's, that's the thing. You have to have a plan. But it needs to be a plan to one, change your behavior because you can't say, I'm going to take this money out, pay off the credit cards. You have to have a plan to not use those credit cards again, to yes. change the way you treat them. And then, you also have to have a plan to then pay off the debt that you've just incurred against your home and to do that in short order as well. So it, yeah, you, you want to make sure you're doing, you have a plan to do both quickly or else this could unravel and it could end up in really, really crappy circumstances for you. And by the way, if you need help with your money, if you need to talk to somebody and you feel like you're in that situation where tapping home equity to pay off high interest rate credit card debt because it's overwhelming is the only solution for you? Well, I would suggest speaking to a, a nonprofit uh, credit counselor at NFCC or Money Management International. We'll post links to both of those in our show notes. But those are places I would turn because sometimes they are able to to work with your creditors to give you lower rates that you can't get on your own. And, and by the way, here's the thing. There's almost 
no upside back to the home equity thing, Matt, uh, to dwelling on the increased value of your home. I think sometimes people keep refreshing <laughs> Zillow or Redfin every day and they're like, just for that little pick me up. Let's, yeah. Let's see how much this estimate has increased my value. What's what's the Redfin estimate? Uh, yeah, exactly. Today? They're like, Which, by the way, is always more. Uh, it's always higher. Oh, uh, the Redfin's always higher? Yeah. Have oh, you, really? Have you found that? No, I, I, I've I don't check enough, to be honest. I've noticed that over But I know years. that some people love checking and they're like, yeah. I, I've, been, I've been just sitting here eating bonbons and I just made 3K <laughs> uh, and that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> that makes people feel pretty swell that they didn't have to do anything and they just made some money. But but here's the thing, doing nothing is actually the best course of action in so many circumstances. I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not saying sitting on your couch, but but um, if you're in great financial shape, if you're if you're living life the how to money way, the way Matt and I talk about, you're saving and investing for your future in a meaningful way. Yeah. Well, then we would say tapping your home equity wisely in order to pursue a renovation or some of these other financial goals that you've got, it could make sense because as home equity has skyrocketed, more folks are thinking the exact same thing. But but as rates have gone up, it's not necessarily a slam dunk decision. There's a lot that you need to consider. And if you're kind of doing it out of desperation, the, the consequences could be severe. They could be bad. And so there's just a lot that goes into thinking through whether or not you're going to cash in on some of that home equity or not. We want people to be careful, proceed with caution. And in some situations, you could further your financial goals. In, in other ways, it, it could end up harming you. This whole conversation, it kind of reminds me like we've our kids are a little bit younger, but we we have folks who have kids who are older and they're starting to have the big talk with their kids. And it's sort of like, wait about investing? <laughs> <laughs> if only it was that easy. <laughs> Here's what a 401k is, sweetie. <laughs> um, but basically what I'm saying I'll, I'll is... I'll have that one. I'll let my wife handle the other like, one. I'm thinking about the fact that there may have been some folks who weren't even aware that this was something that they should be paying attention to or something that it may not have even been on their radar. But by talking about it, all of a sudden you've thrust it in front of them and you're like, hey, this is something that you got to watch out for. And now we hope you make the best decision possible, right? Like in the same way with, with home equity, it's like, man, I bet there were some folks where it wasn't even on their radar at all that this was an option for them. And now they've gone to Zillow and they're like, they're holy like, crap. look what's available. Uh, and now they've got those... Uh, the they got the dollar signs yeah. in their eyes, but it's still, we think it's still important to talk about it and for they, this they just to be something. Ticket to Vegas. <laughs> uh, we want this to be something that you're aware of. We want this to be something that you're thinking through in a healthy way. That is what we do here on the show. We talk about money in a way that it's, you know, where it's not taboo. We want to help you through some of these different financial seasons of your life, and hopefully we're able to do that today. Yeah. And this is, of course, just a top of mind discussion as you're seeing these headline yep. numbers and you're, you're wondering if you're a homeowner, like, well, what do I do with this newfound money? Well, well, for most people, nothing <laughs> is the best yep. best course of action. So, our Matt, let's move back. Let's get back to the beer that we had on this episode. This one is called Above the Threshold of Hell by Burial Brewing Company. That was a pretty good metal voice. Well, thank you. Above the Threshold of Hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, That's uh, how it's written out on here with its super metal design. It is. Yeah. Just kind of a ridiculous name, but for a great IPA. Yeah. What were your thoughts on this one? It was fantastic. I don't think we've ever had an IPA from Burial that wasn't amazing. This was a double dry hopped uh, IPA. And I will say, a lot of times, some of their beers can be kind of thick, difficult to drink. But I felt like this one was a little bit lighter. Um, It was lighter, I think, in the hops and the flavor. Uh, It was nuanced. It wasn't just like, you know, they weren't smashing the guitar on the stage. (laughs) They were just up there playing like a normal person. And for them specifically, I feel like that's a nice change of pace. You know, like like a lot of times it's like they'd be abrasive. They've always got it cranked to 11. And it's really cool to see a brewery like Burial dial it back just a little bit. Sometimes you want a beer that's a a little bit easier to drink that doesn't smash you over the head nearly as much. Maybe you got some more of the top nuance that's going yeah. on in this beer because it wasn't over the top, um, because it wasn't just like hopped to the gills. It was like, oh, I, I feel like I can taste the flavor profile of the hops a little more because it was a little more laid back. Yeah. So In my mind, it was a, a touch more like fruity. I felt like you could taste more of the fruit flavors yeah. uh, within the hops I, that they tend to evoke. I dug this one and I dig pretty much everything Burial makes. So. They're, they're awesome. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks who want the show notes, uh, we'll have links to some of the resources we mentioned. You can find those up on our website at howtomoney.com. That's right. And don't forget, if you have not signed up for our weekly newsletter, it comes out every Tuesday morning. Uh, Our first one, actually, our first legit newsletter came out yesterday. So all of you listeners out there who are already subscribed, you got to enjoy that. Uh, But if you are listening and you maybe you're sensing some of that FOMO, uh, (laughs) it's real. Make sure you (laughs) you head to howtomoney.com forward slash newsletter, or you can just scroll down to the bottom of the homepage. Best newsletter in the history of money newsletters. In the history of money. And we just started. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a tall claim, but we're going to stand by it. That's going to be it for today, though. Until next time, Joel. Best friends out. Best friends out. 
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 